Shit We've Read is a proud member of Bilo Network, a network of geeky podcasts. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now, let's talk about some books. Hello, Internet Bookworms, and welcome back to another episode of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi and fantasy book podcast hosted by some geeky friends. My name is Jason Rico, and I will be one of your hosts on tonight's episode, where we will be reading the book Iron Widow. And now, before I say the author's name, I do need to say I do not speak Mandarin. I'm going to do my best, but I may butcher it anyway. I am very sorry. But Iron Widow by Siran J. Zhao. All right, let's move on. Joining me on this episode are my co-hosts, Laura. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this book. Me too. Me too. Awesome. Glad you're here. <laughs> Uh, we also have Bella. Hey, Bella. Hello. Long time no chat, you guys. Really? I feel like we just added about a book recently. <laughs> I, I would, that, ew, that was sarcasm. <laughs> okay. We, we definitely, I feel like, talked like a week ago. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good to see you again. <laughs> uh, and joining us on this episode, we have a very special guest joining us for the first time, Amy Kalmbach who is a self-described book vacuum cleaner, and I will let her describe what that means. Hey, Amy, how's it going? Hi, thanks for having me on, y'all. Yes, so uh, it came out of Belle saying they are a book connoisseur, and I think I'm about the opposite of that. Um, I'll read almost anything. I just will eat it like a vacuum. So I just... Um, my favorite is speculative fiction and romance and mystery and crime, but I also like some nonfiction. Um, depends for me. So yeah, I read hundreds of books a year. I just eat them up like a vacuum cleaner. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you're feeling <laughs> just nicely. I also know because we briefly chatted about this. You also read comic books, right? Yes, that was um, my nice. start. It was in comic books. My first reading experience was reading comics. Uh, Spider-Man was my comic of choice. I was going to ask. That's, that's a good one. That's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So fun. I was also a young screw up. Felt like I had a lot on my shoulders. So <laughs> There's a reason why he's beloved by everybody. We can all relate to him. <laughs> we can all relate. <laughs> So precious. Awesome. Welcome. I'm glad you're you're joining us. Thank you. Um, Before we get into the book, as always, I like to ask, what is some of the other shit we've been reading recently? Uh, Laura, you want to go first? Sure. Um, Currently, I'm reading Autonomous by um, Annalie Newitz. Um, It's I just started it, so I'm I'm still kind of getting into the story. But so far, it seems really interesting. It's um, it's a futuristic story where a, I guess he's a detective, is partnered with a new robot android type thing, and they have to, like, investigate this pirated drug that is making people go crazy. <laughs> so it's been kind of interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm interested for sure, getting into the world. Um, I just, I don't know exactly where it's going to go. I, I'm i liking just jumping into a book and not rereading the synopsis before I start. So oftentimes I'm just kind of surprised by what the book is. So that's kind of what I'm doing with this so far. <laughs> nice. But I like it. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing. Bella, what about you? Reading anything else? Um, well, I just wrapped up my... Some second to last semester of grad school. Um, so I did not do as much reading. I know, very, <laughs> very big <laughs> week. I was very tired the last couple days. Um, so I haven't done a ton of reading. So the, I'm still making my way through the Reluctant Royals uh, romance series. I'm on the third book now. Um, I really like it. It's fun. The second book was not as good as the first book. Uh, yeah, it, it just little caveat for folks like the first book very good romance like lots of sex scenes and then the second book was like (laughs) like a lot of really bad plot and like mediocre like one or two sex scenes uh to the point where my partner was like I thought this was a dirty book and I was like I guess it's not I don't know (laughs) because I listen to it on audiobook when I go to sleep and so obviously he hears it um so he was like what are you this isn't on brand for you (laughs) 
I'm waiting. And it, it took like, I think there's only like 30 something chapters and it was like chapter 22. So it's a long way to get through. Uh, I got to talk to Emma about that one. Emma Skies. Um, so yeah, now I'm on the third book. So I'm hoping that's a little bit spicier, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've just been reading these books, trying to read them on time. So yeah. Ask me next month. I've got winter break to like really catch up on books. I've got a few. I've got a few stocked up. So our next episode will be a lot more like I read this and I read this. I'll be a book vacuum, I think, with Amy in December and January. Yeah. Take a a page out of her vacuum book. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I look forward to hearing about it. (laughs) Uh, Amy, is there anything else you've been reading recently? Sure. So this last week I read, um, in addition to this book, um, I read Gia Cribbs's The Disappearance of Sloane Sullivan, which is like a YA mafia. She's in witness protection. It was fine. It was fine. I'm not a huge YA YA fan. I don't always love it, Uh, but it was fine. Um, She wasn't too kind of like woo woo magic for me. Um, I reread um, because I was recently on a boat and it makes me want to read books about boats. So I reread a romance novel that I love um, by Kat Sebastian um, called It Takes Two to Tumble, which is a male, male, um, like spin on Sound of Music. Great. Okay. Yeah. I got to read that. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. And then um, I also read last week uh, An Immense World by Ed Young, which is all about how animals experience the world, like through their senses. And um, I just started reading a book, Belle, that you recommended to me, uh, A Winter's Promise by Christelle Dabos. Dabos? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you recommended that to me. So I just started that. And I like it so far. It's the Mirror Visitor series, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to hear how you like that when you finish. I'll let you know. Nice. I'm going to reread That's that, on my list. actually. That one's, a, that one's a reread for sure, because the fourth book was just released in the United States, like this last year. Um, so the series is now complete. Um, and it's been, I think I read it originally in 2020. So it's been a couple of years. So I'm like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to buy all of them and then reread them all. Uh, maybe during winter break. So, you know, winter yeah, Rico, you need to read that. That's it's on my list. I'll get to it pass. one day. Yeah, I'm doing all the fast pass books during winter break, so I will be okay. ready for those. Okay. Yeah, awesome. So we'll talk about those then. Cool. Uh, really quickly, the book I'm reading right now is Book of Night by uh, Holly Black, and it's about shadow magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still in the middle of it, so you can people can control shadows and you can manipulate shadows, and um, it's, it's urban fantasy. So it kind of takes place in the real world. It's the first book I've ever read that mentions NFTs. I don't know <laughs> how I feel about that, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> is it just Anyhow. mentioned or is it like part of a the plot story? Point, yeah. no, it has, it, no, it's not a big, no, big plot point, thankfully. Um, is it a way to probably... say that a character is stupid or like a character <laughs> is unthinking? Is that how it's used? That would be great. <laughs> um, it was it was a thing that one of the characters is kind of meant like a side character. Honestly, I kind of blocked that chapter out of my mind. I'd want to. Do it. <laughs> you were like filter. Just, yeah, nope. let's move on. Nope. No, no. Um, it's it's all right so far. It's I'm still in the middle of it, so we'll see if it picks up. But uh, all right, moving on. Let's get to the book. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the book you're reading is Iron Widow by Siran J. Zhao. Uh, the top listed uh, genres on Goodreads are fantasy and YA. I don't know if I agree with that. And we can get to that maybe in the discussion. But that's what Goodreads says it is. It's a fantasy YA. Uh, Laura, would you like to read the synopsis for us? Sure. Um, Hopefully I don't butcher some of these names. (laughs) Okay. The boys of Huaxia dream of pairing up with girls to pilot chrysalises, giant transforming robots that can battle the mecha aliens that lurk beyond the Great Wall. It doesn't matter that the girls often die from the mental strain. 
When 18-year-old Jetian offers herself up as a concubine pilot, it's to assassinate the ace male pilot responsible for her sister's death. But she gets her vengeance in a way nobody expected. She kills him through the psychic link between pilots and emerges from the cockpit unscathed. She is labeled an Iron Widow, a much-feared and much-silenced kind of female pilot who can sacrifice boys to power up chrysalises instead. To tame her unnerving yet invaluable mental strength, she is paired up with Li Ximin, the strongest and most controversial male pilot in Huaxia. But now that Zetian has had a taste of power, she will not cower so easily. She will miss no opportunity to leverage their combined might and infamy to survive attempt after attempt on her life until she can figure out exactly why the pilot system works in its misogynistic way and stop more girls from being sacrificed. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. Of course. All right. Before we get to our first impressions and spoilers, again, I want to reiterate that uh, none of us here speak Mandarin. We're going to do our best to pronounce the names. Um, I think all of us listen to at least some of the audiobook to hear how the names are pronounced. So mm-hmm. if we butcher it, it's not for lack of trying. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, I apologize ahead of time, but bear with us. Um, all right. First impressions. No spoilers. Just right out the gate. What are your thoughts? Amy, as a guest, I'm going to pick on you first. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I just, I really wanted to love it. That's what I'll say. I really wanted to love it. It had a lot of ideas. Um, I don't think it effectively executed a lot of the ideas it brought up about gender dynamics, around feminism, around a culture of, you know, how how we disenfranchise or enfranchise people around media and how we consume each other and how power works. I think it really threw a bunch of balls in the air and caught like one and a half of them. All right. Bella, what do you think? I'm I'm with Amy a little bit and a little bit not with Amy because I think overall I, I did like it. Um, I was surprised that I liked it because I usually don't love sci-fi as much as I enjoy like fantasy. Um, but I think this blended the two pretty well. Um, so Rico, when you were like, do we agree that this is a fantasy YA? I'm like, I think it was more sci-fi than it was fantasy. I just, I don't really see the fantasy element of it. Um, I mean, maybe with the chi, but like, that's a concept that is like, it's not necessarily fantasy for some folks. Right. So like chi is very real, um, Mm -hmm. in some cultures. So I don't know. It it felt more like sci-fi, like more like how do we harness this and use it in like a real tangible way, which I thought was really cool. Um, and had that sci-fi element of like the, the chrysalises and the alien like material and stuff like that so um i don't know it was all pretty founded in and science um Mm -hmm. to some extent so yeah i i was surprised that i liked it as much as i did i think the history element really helped for me um like the historical references um and some of the like cultural things that are founded in like our modern day or even ancient chinese culture but yeah overall overall i really liked it i do want to talk about gender and how things maybe didn't play out how they could have in a, in a stronger way. And I was surprised by that. Um, but I think we'll talk more about that in the spoiler section of this episode for sure. All right. Laura. You know, I, I actually really liked it. It kind of felt like the author, you know, obviously was trying to touch on a lot of topics, but this is also a young adult book. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it did feel a little bit um, softer and didn't necessarily get into a lot of the details that it could have. But I still got the the message of everything that was happening. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it overall. And then also I'm I'm half Chinese, but honestly, I grew up in a very white culture because I grew up away from that side of my family. Um, And so I don't personally know a lot of my Chinese culture. So I kind of like in this book was it was kind of fun for me to pick out these little details here and there. And then um, I knew that it was loosely based on a lot of different um, 
legends and and history and things. Uh, so I I something would pique my interest and I would go and I'd look up the actual history or the real story and get a better understanding of how the author weaved this into into their book. Um, so that was really fun for me to to be able to learn and piece that together as I was going. All right. Thank you. Uh, I will also say I really enjoyed it. Um, however, I think I'm going to agree with a lot of the criticisms Amy has. But as I've mentioned in other books where we have discussed gender dynamics, and a lot of them deal specifically with like women's place in society and, and the misogyny that they, they deal with on a day-to-day basis, I will flat out acknowledge that my role as a man kind of prevents me from seeing things in the same light that perhaps yeah. a woman does or someone who has grown up with that kind of um, label on them. Um, there's a sense of privilege that I come from. So I am able to kind of just take the story and see these beats and be like, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. The, you know, the author clearly ha- has things to say. Um, and where maybe someone else says, well, that didn't quite land the way they wanted it or they didn't go deep enough or, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't see those things because I just haven't experienced it. So I'm very interested in what all three of you have to say as we go in uh, further. Uh, but overall, I did like it, and this is a good indication of why I liked it. Uh, I'm a big geek, and the the prologue started off with this giant mecha that was basically <laughs> like a Megazord from Power Rangers. Like trans- it was transforming. <laughs> it was it was it was a fox, and it transformed into like a humanoid form. And I was like, "Yo, I'm in! I'm in for this! I am so excited for this book!" <laughs> Like, I don't care what you have to say. You're giving me giant robots and battles. Like, I, I'm in. Um, yeah, but I, I enjoyed it overall. So, You know what's funny is that's, like, the thing I least liked. <laughs> Wait, I want to say, though, I did like it. I just wanted to like it more. That's fair. Sure, yeah. yeah. I wanted to well, like that makes it sense. more. I wanted to yeah, like yeah. it more. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed reading it. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. One last thing before we get into like spoiler discussion, I want to ask because this book does take existing figures from history and reimagine them in this kind of a sci-fi setting. How familiar were all of you with the story of the real Wu Jetian and her role in Chinese history? Were you aware that this was a real person before this book or not? I did not know, but I suspected and I waited until after I was done with the book to look her up because I didn't want what I knew about her to influence my perspective of the character in the book. Okay. Yeah, I, I also agree. I didn't know until I was reading the outline that that was a real historical figure. But the the way that the book was written and structured, it did feel like historical fiction, re- like a retelling. Um, so that was interesting. So now I'm going to look that up while everyone else gives their impressions. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did know about Empress Wu. I'd, I'd read about her before and her kind of history in life. But it did make me want to go kind of like, wait, did she really grow up on the front? You know, like these things that I, I didn't know. Did she start off as yeah. a punk? Oh, wait, no spoilers. <laughs> so it made me want to go fact check the things that were similar based on my memory and then the things that are made it into the book. Well, now I'm torn because I wanted to give a little bit of a backstory for anybody who's listening who maybe didn't know, but I'm wondering if I should save it to after spoilers. We can start spoilers by talking about her. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you gave too much of it. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's here's a little bit on the historical figure, just so as we talk about it, we can see the parallels perhaps if they exist. And this is very simplified. I pulled it from Wikipedia, but it's very simplified. Just for anybody who's listening who maybe doesn't know. Um Wu Jutian was the de facto ruler of China from 665 to 705. She was the first empress consort of the Tang Dynasty, and then after the emperor's death, empress dowager. Unprecedented in Chinese history, she subsequently ruled as empress regent of the Wuzhu Dynasty of China from 690 to 705, and she was the only legitimate female sovereign in the history of China. Under her 40-year reign, China grew larger, became one of the great powers of the world, its culture and economy were revitalized, and corruption in the court was reduced. So that's basically the building blocks of the story, and now we can really dive in from there. 
Okay, spoiler section. Um, I really just want to start off by saying I felt like the author came out swinging. <laughs> I mean, we're in spoiler section now, but the premise starts off where she's trying. The, the main character, Wu Jitian, wants to avenge her sister's death, and her sister died as a concubine. And I feel like most stories that have this premise of I'm going to murder somebody, and then you meet that person you want to murder, and they're good looking, it becomes like a love story instead, especially in YA. And it yeah. was kind of going that way when they actually met. And she's like, oh, no, maybe I don't really know. And I'm like, oh, please don't go this route. And then she actually killed him. And I was like, yes, yes, okay, <laughs> now I'm in. And that's really where it hooked me. I'm like, okay, I think I'm yeah. going to like the story. I think, I think I'm on board for the story now. So, Especially, like, just talking about the beginning is that, like, when she meets um, her friend. I, I can't remember his name right now. EJ. EJ. So when she meets him or when we meet, when we meet him and they're, they're hanging out in their spot and all this stuff. Um, I also like, I don't know. I just appreciated that. Like she turned down his marriage proposal. Like there, there were some things that the author did at the very beginning to set the tone. Like this is not your typical, like why a novel this, like this protagonist is Dressing for revenge, like that is what is happening. There is vengeance and revenge. There in is story, no love, is only vengeance. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> it was a Taylor Swift reference for everyone. Oh my there is no like... love, only vengeance. That was like one yeah. of the first lines. I was like, all right, I'm gonna sit more comfortably now. There is no love, only vengeance. That was great. <laughs> great. Yeah, it was. I just, I, I, I appreciated Rico that you brought that up. Swinging because they did. That's what they did. That was incredible. Continue. Mm-hmm. Continue. Okay, so let's get into the gender. I feel like so much of this book is about gender. Um, I'd love to hear from Amy because you brought it up first in our non-spoiler section. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this topic. I want to start off. So Laura brought me back to earth, reminding me that it's a YA novel and I need to be gentle and kind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 come on. I agree, I agree. But I think I think what some healthy say? feedback. So yeah. I'm like, you can still. Okay, I want to comment on the YA part later, but go ahead. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not very good at censoring myself. Anyway, uh, so okay, so where did this imagined feminism that um, that she has come from? It's just like this amorphous. Every person in her life is like it's rooted in nothing. Her kind of belief in herself. Um, And then when she breaks from it, it's seen as not just rejecting women's role, but also women um, is is how I read it. Like when she's talking about how Mm. she doesn't necessarily see herself as a woman rather than she doesn't see women's role that way. I think that was a shortcut um, as far as and it wasn't it wasn't not all other not other girls. Right. Not like other girls. But there were some of the vibes in it that made me feel not other like other girls e um kind of how she acted around the other concubines um the other princesses or whatever they're called um and like she was much quicker to forgive the men their slights than the women through the course of the book um, and so I think she also hadn't wrestled, wrestled with her internalized misogyny that I, I felt throughout the book. The way she talks about her mother and grandmother is much worse than how she talks about her father and grandfather. Um, the way she forgave, um, what's his name again? Lee Shimin. The way she forgave him when she had more information versus how she felt about that other pilot whose children were hostage. It, it was... Just overall, it was only a fight for herself and not a, a fight about gender, is how I read it. I, I don't entirely disagree with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I really thought the story was going to take her, her outlook on women in a direction where she ends up being non-binary because mm-hmm. the author is non-binary. And so I felt like... Mm-hmm. Like we started off very early on, you know, Wu Tian saying that, you know, she talking about the masculine and feminine side and how mm-hmm. 
not all people are one or the other. And um, I'm, not, I'm not articulating it accurately, but, but I really felt like at some point they were going to identify as non-binary. And that was going to well, be the and, kind of aha and this moment. This is only the first book. Like there's multiple that are right. coming. Yeah. That may eventually come. Yeah. And there may be resistance from that from the author, being that this is based on a real life woman um, who we have no reason to believe was non-binary. And that might be kind of like taking something away from True. the person they're basing it off of. True. Yeah, I have mixed, I have mixed feelings about that too. I, I think it was good yeah. that it was a good try. Um, I think, um, I, I wish that it had been more, you know, and in the end, we're talking about the end, right? Like it's talking about like the chi and it's like, no, women's does show more and they are stronger. And it's like, can it just be like, sometimes people have different chis and that's fine, but they'd had it, uh, yes. but it's, you know what I mean? Like that was weird to me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not going to articulate this well either because, like, you are bringing up some points that, like, I haven't really pieced together fully yet because I feel like I, I just finished reading the book. So, like, I'm still digesting it. But, I, I yeah, I felt like there was a point where, like, the, the – I'm going to have a really hard time explaining this. Like <laughs> – yeah, what the heck, Amy? I just want to talk about meccas, and you're making me talk about like serious stuff. Because <laughs> I y'all I know me well like, enough to know that this would happen. Like, so it's, it's all in your fault. <laughs> no, I know, and that's why that's why I was like, Amy would be a great guest because um, you're going to really make us think, yeah. um, and that's really great sometimes, um, but it's really hard. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I I think the part of it that like really bothers me is like it makes a lot of leaps in a very short amount of time to where like, you know, we went from like men are superior, women are inferior in this society to now like, no, we acknowledge that women are so much better and like fuck all men. Um, And it's like, Whoa, hold on. Like that's just not the dynamic from the beginning. I I don't know. It just felt like a very short amount of time to get there. Um, Even for, like you said, her own, growth um like she has no she has nobody to model this for her and maybe that's what makes her incredible and strong and whatever as a character but i would think that it would be more like hey we actually have like equal opportunity here to like include yin energy as like equally as strong as yang and that like we can work together and build together. And like, I, I don't know. I feel like there was a step in between that we missed. Cause I think that was like the, the, the whole balance of yin and yang is it's a, it's a balance. It it's, you know, sometimes like you need one versus the other. And sometimes you need like both to be there. And I thought that was kind of the point of their partnership, her and um, the iron demon was like, they were supposed to work together, not just like give control to one another. So I, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like that paid off. It was kind of mixed messaging throughout where it was like, okay, are we letting her be in control fully? Or are they supposed to learn to work together and like value and respect each other at the same time and acknowledge that like, this is a, a balance and a partnership. Like it's not one against the other. This isn't like pitting each other or pitting genders against each other either, which like, I never thought that I'd ever say that in my life. Um, <laughs> but like that just, this just feels like there was... <laughs> like an in-between step that we could have had where I think like, yeah, the non-binary narrative would feel a little bit more organic where it was like, I have both energies and therefore like I am non-binary and like there's a strength in that to like acknowledging both. Right. I don't know. So that was a little disappointing. And I think the nuance is lost in YA, which I think Laura, like bringing that up was really important because it was like, you're right. This is not, this is a YA novel. Like there is going to be that like overcorrection and maybe that's where we get in book three as like, she learns it's about balance. Like we've swung too much the other way. Um, so who knows, but yeah. Well, and I, I know, so I, I don't know if any of you guys read the, um, acknowledgements at the end of the book. Um, but they actually talks about how the original version of this book was like, super violent and mm-hmm. definitely not vibe. YA. <laughs> and so it took I wish time. it had stayed that way. 
Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to read that one. <laughs> I want to read that book. It, it was pretty graphic for a YA novel. I mean, I think that's some, what Rico wants to yeah. talk about. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's, there were some I, mature I themes that I appreciated, but confusing I, at the same time. At, yeah, at its core, I don't think this is a YA book. Or, or at the very least, it shouldn't be a YA book. Yeah, uh, or fantasy. Or fantasy. I don't think it's a YA fantasy whatsoever. It's <laughs> no. just a sci-fi book. It's a sci-fi retelling, historical sci-fi, I guess. Yeah, um, that's I'm like it. The, no, the things they, that they, they didn't said, use. They said in the beginning of the book, this is not a historical fiction. That was so but, interesting. Yeah, I wonder what Lara. What do you What do y'all think about how that thing at the beginning where they go really deeply into how it's not a historic like a history history book and it's like yeah there's these monster things like we know i thought that was fascinating how how much they explained that it wasn't real yeah (laughs) i I read it and i was like i actually highlighted some stuff in this little intro thing it it says this book is not historical fantasy or alternate history uh, considerable creative liberties were taken <laughs> to get an authentic view of history. Please consult nonfiction sources. Yeah, I was very yeah, confused. Like Again, that. this was another thing that like changed going into the book. I was like, wait, what are we reading? Did I, get, <laughs> did I read the right synopsis? Like, I, I thought it was very clear this was not a historical book. <laughs> I feel I feel like that was an author having to, having already dealt with people Somebody, coming for them for yeah. using historical figures in in their book. It's like that's not what Empress Wu was. You know, Empress Wu didn't fight aliens or or and you know, <laughs> Mishimin was not this, but that. And so that's the author saying, "Listen, I know that this is not history. Okay, I'm taking these things. I'm doing a lot of liberties to deal with it. If you want the real life, read a real book." <laughs> <laughs> A real book, dang! Sorry, uh, a nonfiction book, a, a biography. <laughs> I, I know what you meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love I love Laura calling you out for it, anyways. <laughs> it's fine. I'll cut it and post. Don't worry about it. <laughs> as usual, as usual. <laughs> also, when did they ever mention a year in this book? Like they mentioned time, like two thousand years ago. Um. But I don't know if they ever give us a year or like. I don't think it does. Yeah, I think it does, and it was hard for me to picture where, like, if it was in the past or in the future or now, because it, a lot of it was just my own assumptions of ancient Chinese and thinking mm-hmm. in the past. But then they mentioned stuff like not specifically Google, but they mentioned so much like new technology that's like yeah, googling Tablet. stuff and looking mm-hmm. up tablets and stuff. I'm like, oh wait, that's right now. And it, was right. just, it threw me all over the place of like past, present, future, Maybe aliens, mechas. Like it's and- still, it still felt though like it was taking place a little bit more in the past, just in terms of yes, like like she what she was required to wear. You know, there are still yes, things like the that. Foot binding, the foot binding in particular, because that's mm-hmm. no longer legal to do, and so like that that feels like somehow this society regressed. Which I think plays into the twist, which I don't know if we want. Yeah, that's to what talk I was going like, to say. Yeah. Twist. Um, so there's a twist. I'm going to try to not give it away, but the. Uh, yeah. Okay. The, I mean, I'm gonna. I want. I think it's a good enough twist that I, I want some folks to to discover it. But there is a twist, and you find out that like this is not the society you think it is. It's not happening on Earth necessarily. Um. And so maybe in this like reinvention of futuristic Chinese society, they went back to these sort of like puritanical age old ideas of gender and beauty. And I'm so curious because she mentions at one point like that history was lost. And I'm like, so so I'm I'm so curious how this all went down. Like, I'd love the history lesson. Of everything, and maybe that's what the next few books are, and maybe that's kind of where we learn things um, a little bit more that pay off for why her perspective is the way it is about gender roles. But um, yeah, because because they, I mean, they just they talk about it, and I'm like, I mean, someone feel free to jump in, but um, it's it's interesting. I mean, a lot of the times these utopian societies, right, that are built, end up being dystopians because they've erased 
some lessons from the past. They've erased mm-hmm. the past to create a new future. And that's what this twist kind of alludes to. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if any of you got that impression or what your thoughts were around that. Because um, it, it was very interesting because then it made more sense why we couldn't really pinpoint where we were in time. Because knowing that this isn't really the earth that we think it is, it makes it a little bit more like unreliable storytelling. We yeah, we know. don't really know what we're actually reading. We don't really know what's happening. Yeah. When did y'all know. know the twist was coming? I'm curious when everyone. Not until we don't I have really, to say not really it until it happens. I, I uh, spoiled it for myself. Oh, uh, mm. boo. So I, I, I listened to the audiobook, so I don't know how you guys are pronouncing it, but I looked up Hwindwins because I wanted to know what mm-hmm. they were actually in history and in the stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Wikipedia and it lists a bunch of pop culture references and right there – Mm-hmm. was a reference to this book and it told me right there what happens and I was like, God oh, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> Way to go. Um, uh, I knew there was going to be some sort of twist for sure. Um, not exactly what happened, but not too far before where they started talking about, I say that's below my notes, but they started talking about the Heavenly Council, I think. Mm-hmm. And like the gods. Like no one really knows what they are. And hmm. they um, drop things randomly for them, technology. While you find that, I'll just jump in yeah. that when they met first mentioned the Hun Hundren, that I was like, okay, anytime there are aliens and humans, it's usually that humans are taking over like their their world, like we're usually the invaders because we suck and we just feel entitled to everything. But I was like, but it doesn't make sense. Like this is China, right? But they kept saying like the Great Wall. Like, I don't know. There was just some weird things. I was like, something is not what it seems. But I I never suspected that it was going to be that we weren't in the earth that we thought we were in. Um, So that that did surprise me. Um, But something did feel off. I thought maybe we'd find out like, like similar with like divergent, like we were trapped in our own bubble that they were actually like the Chinese government had created the Hundrun to control them and keep them in this like past in the present, in the future, you know, um, keep them in this backwards society that like the world around them was actually more modernized. Uh, so I, I was surprised, but also not surprised um, at the same time. Knew something was coming, did not suspect this. Um, I just pulled up the ebook. So I made a note uh, mm-hmm. in chapter 22, which is about 69% of the way in uh, when they started talking. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, <laughs> where, they start, <laughs> where they start talking about the heavenly court and how they orbit, you know, the skies every few months and, you know, they don't use their incredible powers against the wind winds and all this kind of stuff. And so at that point, it was like, okay, we're going to get some sort of big info dump about the heavenly council, what exactly they are. And there's going to be some sort of revelation because it was sci-fi. I knew it was going to deal with something we weren't seeing, something we weren't expecting. And Laura, my mind immediately went to Skyward for Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. where mm. there's a war going on. And they're being told one story and then we find out it's actually aliens and it's way bigger than we thought, which is almost identical to kind yeah. of where the story is, is going I- and I feel like that's a pretty popular YA trope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Divergent has that similar trope. Like I just kind of kept coming back to that, obviously. At any time there's any yeah. sort of like opposition so, and yeah, what about you, Amy? And energies. Yeah, Amy. So for me, it's funny. I am not a battle strategist by any means. So I want to say that up front. <laughs> but, you? So why are you on this episode? Uh, why did we invite but you I, then? But I will say I have read enough about wars and battles that they were not fighting for their territory. They were fighting to encroach territory. And so the way that like the way that the troops moved, like from one, like when they were like kind of what are they called again? Chrysalis. 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 Yeah. The way the chrysalises would move like to kind of attack and formation, just everything about that felt offensive and not defensive. And then also 
the way that Hunduns would wait, um, like, and would be appeased when, you know, someone was um, kind of knocked down, that didn't fit. Um, the fact that the media played such a big role made me think that obviously something mm-hmm. like wasn't true. Um, and then, you know, like you all were saying, like they only had a history of the last couple hundred years. And this like great ancient person was from 200 years ago, which is not that long ago. So I knew something was wrong with the earth. And when they went outside, I I was sure of what it was when they went outside and they saw like after the scorched land, they saw like the green, beautiful land. And there weren't like um, the Hunduns weren't there to kind of protect because it's just it's their land. So that was when I was like pretty sure. But I was worried when it didn't like come in in the book and I was glad that it was revealed in the epilogue for sure. <laughs> it was kind of like the post credit scene. Yeah, totally. I was glad that it was the epilogue. I thought it was going to be a book two thing that we were going to get any sort of revelation. And then it was a good twist. It was a good twist. Um, well, we talked about the end. So I, I want to backtrack a little bit to get back to the conversation about fantasy versus uh, sci-fi. Uh, the author specifically states that the character's abilities to manipulate spirit metal is not magic. So I feel like the only part of the book that could be conceivably fantasy, the author says it's not magic, which is the, the chi. Um, so it's definitely not a fantasy book. It's a sci-fi book. How would how would you, Laura, I mean, not Laura, uh, Bally, I think you touched upon this earlier about... I have thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How chi some parts of the world is a very real thing. It's not a fantasy thing. It's a very real, tangible thing. So how would you describe chi if not magic in the context of the story? How would you describe the force in Star Wars? That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fantasy thing, element. But, this, but they're saying it's not... Are you, are you, I know. I'm saying I think it's similar in the way that it's I, like... I it's, read it as energy. Yeah. Like brainwaves, like neur- neurons, but chi. Because, like, you have the acupuncture needles, like, you have something like a conduit for this energy, um, which I know magic does, too, right, with, like, potions and blood and wands, right? Like, those are all very, this is so hard to describe because that feels so normal to me now, especially, like, with all the books that we read and, like, my person, my friends who are very into, like, you know, coven shit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, this is <laughs> so hard to describe, like... I guess I'm in a cult. Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know you're in a cult when you're in a cult? Um, And cults are like religion. Uh, Religions are like cults, whatever. So I don't know. It felt more like based in science than just like something that we accept. Like they were using things that are very much real in our world uh, to tap something that is more like theoretical, philosophical, like she. What did you think, Rico? Now you put me on the spot. Answer I, your own damn question. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, what did you I'm, think? I'm, I'm coming at it from my own cultural background, right? And so this is where I'm going to get geeky again because Wu Jutian talks about again. Did you stop being geeky before? Was there a point? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we missed that. That implies that you pause, took a break. Actually, sorry. Um, that was that was too easy. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep yeah, going. yeah. Well, you must be friends with Bella. <laughs> um, when Jutian talks about chi and different levels and and different strengths of will, going back to my comic book history, I started thinking of it as the Green Lantern Corps mm-hmm. and how they control willpower, and that is not magic in the comics. That is just an energy that the gardens of the universe are able to harness into power rings. And so that's how I wrap my head around the idea of chi in this book, is that it is an actual energy that you can manipulate into doing what you want based on how strong your will is. That makes sense. I think for me, I thought of the Force as well, and it reminds me of the worst thing that ever happened to Star Wars, which is midichlorians, because I truly (laughs) can't stand, I can't stand when they try to measure these intangible things. It's like the worst thing in the world. What Um, about their spirit energy or whatever, spirit force, yeah. (laughs) 
people can just have it or don't, but like, I hate these numbers. I hate when they subscribe numbers and charts to things like this. Yeah. Trying to quantify something so intangible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially like in this book, it was like, did you lie on the test? She's like, I just sat on the table and you like spun me around. Like, what are you, how, how would I even lie about? How would I hold back? Like, what do you mean? I was like, I feel that. Like, I still don't understand what this test was. Like, she was like, I put down the the steering wheel or controller or whatever it was. She was like, I put it down. I walked off the table all wobbly. And I was like, wait, what was the test? Well, you just got spun around on a table. I don't, how does that test the charts. She, it was off the charts. The reading is off the chart. Over 20,000. Sorry. I I don't know. And they were like, oh, you're measuring at like 600. And then she's like 18,000. I'm like, what? how would you even measure that? I don't understand. I'm with you. I don't like when they try to make it too scientific. So I guess maybe that too, Rico, is where this was more science than magic. because They were like trying to measure it. I don't, I don't know. But then like that reminds me of Blood Like Magic that we just read. Where there was like they found the gene for magic, yeah. so like it ch- kind of changed from fantasy to sci-fi in that like they were trying to quantify it, which I think maybe is the line here it, between magic versus like sci-fi is when you try to quantify it and there's yeah, just let magic. I don't be know. Magic. Tests. Stop I, explaining it. Yeah. I think now that we know spoiler stuff. I think we're going to find out more in the next book why this is not considered magic. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, okay. (laughs) See, I'm one of those, I'm the type of person where if I know that there's more than one book, I'm going to have questions and gripes about the first book, but I know it's possible it's going to be addressed later so i just like okay i just accept it (laughs) but is that a good practice like shouldn't a book be able to mostly stand on its own yes i mean enough answers but at the same time though like it's it's giving you questions and making you want to continue reading it's like when you watch a movie there's going to be things that are thrown out or like easter eggs in the background and you might catch them and have questions then you watch the next movie. Oh, like 2017's The Mummy. Okay. Huh. <laughs> I, I, I haven't even watched that. I haven't even watched that. So <laughs> I heard I did need to watch it. Um, but like, I mean, I can see where you're where you're coming from, Rico. But I also think that might just be like before. I mean, we used to wait years between sequels and books and things. And I, I don't know, in the last... 10 years or so there's been a lot of instant gratification with like streaming and maybe your tolerance for waiting for the story to unfold is just lower i don't know Back so in my for day. Me, yeah yeah same same yeah no, your weekly saturday morning cartoons like you used ugh. to be able to wait okay i know no, you but, miss those but I mean, I think for me, it's fine if questions are unanswered and things are unclear. I struggle when it just like doesn't seem to add up. Yeah. More than. No, I I agree. I guess. But no, I definitely see what you mean with the kind of measuring the chi. I can definitely see that being more of a factor in the next book and what that means. Yeah, I feel like we did get a really big twist, like in the epilogue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that might have been intentional. So that that is a good point. Is the second book already out? No, I don't think it's out Not- for maybe Damn. another year or so. Damn it. Mm-hmm. In 2023 yeah. sometime. I, I don't know when. Yeah, Heavenly Tyrant, uh, I think it's right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm. Awesome title, by the way. It's a great title. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, so, I mean, maybe we'll think about this and we'll circle back when we do read the second book. And yeah, it says expected. Say our predictions first. Expected publication date is August 29th next year. Oh, so far. Okay. Anything else that we want to talk about? Uh, I, I want to, I yeah, I want to bring up the thruple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I was so excited. I was like picking oh, yeah. up little things here and there, and I was like, why does she have to choose? Like, they both seem like good guys. Yeah, I was excited for that too. <laughs> and then it got to the part. And most importantly, they like each other. <laughs> they all like liked each other, yes. Yeah. I loved it. I highlighted it and I put yes. <laughs> yes. Did you draw a little hearts around it? <laughs> that that was another um beat of the story where I felt like most YA books would wouldn't go there. Yeah. You know, like the Twilights, they make you choose between the Jacob and the Edward. It was like, why not both? Like, I know. And yeah. you know what? I think about the triangle be the strongest yeah. shape. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they're going triple. I was like, they're going triple. They're going triple. That's when I knew. That's when I knew. As soon as she did that, even though it wasn't even referencing an actual, like, them all together, I was like, oh, please, please give us this in this book. <laughs> yeah. When, sure. when she mentioned, like, that they all could maybe, like, they were holding hands. Like, I don't know. There was just a lot of little clues. I love <laughs> it. Just love it. I don't feel like it was ever not on the table. Yeah, I loved it. it. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. I do wish, though, that we got to got to get to know both of them a little bit more, though. Because um, obviously, you yeah, know, the story, the story is really just about her. And they're just you know they're helping her they're a team but i felt like we didn't often get to really get to know who they were um so i'm hoping maybe we'll we'll have them in the next book somewhere we'll see maybe maybe book two won't be a ya novel and we'll get a sex scene who knows Maybe. Oh, yeah. I read too many romances. I was like, what's with this, like, closed-door nonsense? <laughs> Roll my eyes. What's with the, like, fade to black? Come yeah, on. Honestly, I didn't even know for sure. I was like, wait, did they do it? Did, did they do it? What ha- Did they do did it? Did it happen? They were very subtle about it. Like, oh, waking up in his arms in the middle of the night, blah, blah, blah. I was going to be so mad, though, if they ex- didn't show the explicit sex, but they showed the explicit her being nude and talking on camera. So I'm glad they didn't do that, because if they oh, had, I would have been, like, table flipping it up, but they didn't mm-hmm. do either. So we're good. Good point. Yeah. I think I've read too many books for After Dark now that... I'm expecting you just, a yeah. lot of details of the sex scenes. <laughs> Same. I was, <laughs> I was like, like wow. I thought this was YA. I'm so confused. <laughs> and like this was pr- not, it wasn't like super graphic, but it was relatively detailed for a YA novel. Mm-hmm. Like I was surprised. I'm, um, I'm, but I don't know. The violence? These days, you know. Violence and like the like prelude into sex. Like, you know, was- she's. Yeah. Gave a lot of details that nece- that a YA novel wouldn't necessarily give. I'm wondering if it's technically fall if it falls under the new, um, uh, new, new adult, adult, um, genre. It's supposed to be so like I was talking to a librarian about that, and they said that they that publishing houses are, don't label anything new adult anymore. There was just like a six year period where publishing houses were putting out those books. And so they they stopped. Things have to either be labeled adult or young adult now. If it comes oh, out of like major publishing, I'd be curious to know more about that because I I'll send don't you an think I ever noticed new adult. Yeah, hmm. I think I missed that. I think that was when I took my reading hiatus in undergrad. I just oh. read purely for school, <laughs> not for fun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if this one jumped to adult then. <laughs> yeah, same. Wouldn't mind at all. We are we are the worst people now. We are like make it smutty, make it smutty. <laughs> best people. After, best what? People. The best, best people. people. We're here to corrupt everybody at every age. Hey, there is uh, more violence in this book than sex. So I yeah, there was a lot of violence, which I hey, wait, they kind of appreciated. They poured boiling water on a man while he was alive. That's that's right. That reminds me. <laughs> that's a lie. I did not see that do. coming. <laughs> Nope. I was like, oh, they're totally, they're just like scaring him. They're not going to really kill him. They're just going to be wearing hoods and be like, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. 
you get the sense they didn't kidnap his kid? Not because they care about the kid, but just logistically, it would have been a challenge. Like, that was my sense, too. <laughs> like, yeah, we can't get a car to go get him up. So we'll just use this other kid. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kidnapping is too inconvenient. It's right? truly evil. <laughs> all right. All right. We touched upon the big stuff. Now let's get to our overall final rating of this book. Okay. Shit or the shit? Did you like it? Yes or no? I'm going to pick on Bella first. I liked it. I genuinely liked it. And like, I have a lot of strong comments on it, but overall it made me think it was entertaining. It breezed through really quickly and I want to read the sequel. So that's shit. Laura. This book is the shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need that sound effect. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I think that's the most enthusiastic anyone's been about a book so far. <laughs> Amy, what do you think? I would say the shit, if picking between the two of shit and the shit. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I think it's the shit too. Yeah, this is, I think this is a solid book. Woo. It could have gone more. It could have gone. It could have gone deeper. But I think the the YA packaging stifled a little bit. Yeah, which I I just remembered too. Apparently, it's being adapted into a film. Um, so maybe we'll get a little bit more in depth in the film. Make Assuming it already. it actually happens. A lot of these books get picked up and then never actually happen. So look, if you've watched Riverdale, you know that YA can get steamy. So like that's not off the table. We don't consider we don't, that, it doesn't have to be rated R. We don't consider Riverdale an adaptation. <laughs> we do not. No, it's it's gone off. We do not. Well, <laughs> in this house, we do not. <laughs> it's it's truly unhinged at this point. I I've not watched the latest season. Um, and I definitely have to take breaks in between because it's it's just a lot. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Riverdale is a Lacroix of adaptations, and that there's an essence <laughs> of the original source material, but it's not really flavored. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. All right, so we all like this book. Let's see. On Goodreads, it has a it's rated four point one five out of almost forty nine thousand ratings. Damn, so that's a pretty good rating. Yeah. So well done. All right. So now, normally this is where I'd ask you all what you're reading next. However, this is our last episode of the year. So I'm going to give you a choice. You can either say what you're reading next, or is there anything coming out next year that you're really looking forward to? So I will give you all a moment to think about it. I'll go first. I was not prepared. Yeah, I'll go first. So you all think about it. One book I'm really looking forward to next year is called The Grimoire of Grave Fate. It's edited by Hannah Alkoff and Margaret Owen. And so there's a, there's a murder on campus, and it's up to the students of the school to solve it. Follow 18 authors and 18 students as they puzzle out the clues and find the guilty party. So oh, it's a magical school. It's a mystery. It's all things I love in one book. I'm super excited about it. So. You said each chapter is by a different author? Each each story. So it's it's 18 stories from 18 authors that follow 18 different students. That's cool. So that's the one book I'm really looking forward to next year, among others. But that's pretty high on my list. Sounds cool. All right. That's probably enough time for any of you. What are you reading next or what are you looking forward to? Uh, Laura. I um I'm a mood reader. Uh so I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really plan ahead. Uh but I will say I've been putting off The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue for a really long time. So I am planning to read it early next year. Um good. Yeah, I I've <laughs> I don't know why I haven't read it yet at this point. Um yeah, I'm going to make time for it. Also, wasn't really technically on my TBR, but I'm I'm starting to get excited to read Babel. Babel? <laughs> so, sorry, I'm yes, I'm excited to read Babel. Okay. 
Oh, yeah. she's using the Same. British, the British pronunciation. My bad. I grew up saying Babel, thanks to the religion that I grew up in. I don't know. I can't give you shit for not reading Invisible Life of Addie LaRue sooner, because I just read it within the last month. So Yeah. It took me a while, too, but it's really good. I just, I just feel like we should have all read it a lot sooner because Emma just does not stop talking about it. <laughs> she is obsessed. She's <laughs> truly obsessed. And it is very well written. It is a very good book. But yeah. I didn't love the audiobook. It was a little slow. But have you read it, Amy? Invisible Life of Adam? What did you think? Good. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm obsessed with it and by every. Uh, I mean, I uh, said good, sure, print. and I moved on. Yeah. 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 That's fair. <laughs> I didn't think it was trying to do very much. And so I just didn't put that much thought into it, I guess. That's fair. All right. Bella, what you read next? Um, I'm, I'm also like Laura. I kind of read based on my mood um, and what's recommended to me. Uh, so I don't have too much planned in the way of like books that I'm looking forward to other than um, the Harley LaRue Souls trilogy, Soul of a Witch. Mm. I would love to read that. I still need to read the second one, but um, I'm excited to read the third, which hopefully will come out soon. It's been delayed, but TBD. What else? I don't know. I mean, I'm not really that picky, so. I'll read anything. I'll probably be reading a lot of our uh, Fast Pass books. So I don't know. Oh, see what the year, right. where the year takes me. Yeah. Still need so to read Jason. Yeah, I need, I need to read a lot of books. But actually, I'm going to be going to school in L.A. next. I mean, just like one weekend a month, I get to go to L.A. to USC and like be there physically, which is cool. Um, otherwise, I'm here in SAC. We have a center. So I'm planning on seeing or going and visiting the Ripped Bodice in L.A. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. And so hopefully I'll be able to find some cool books there. So I'm excited about that. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. So I'll report back. I'll get to content. Um, but yeah, so nice. mostly excited for some book journeys, visiting some bookstores. Is what I most look forward to. Sweet. Yeah. Amy, what's next for you? Uh, so, what are you vacuuming up next? Yeah, truly anything. So what I basically, my strategy is, I just like put a billion books. So I have library cards of like five different libraries because I've lived different places. And like I just reserve okay. a bunch of books and then they come on hold and then I read that and then I read that and I like hop around. So I'm always reading, reading, reading. But um, A Winner's Promise, like I said, I'm reading now. I'm planning on gobbling up a lot of <laughs> Um, holiday romances and um, like cozy mystery books because I love those kinds of books during this weather and like fairy tale style books. Like, um, I don't know if y'all have read Baron Nightingale. I love that one. Um, And yeah, just like those kind of like wintery books. It's my next on my list. Um, Next time you visit me, I need to give you Malice and Misrule to read. We interviewed the author and it's a fun- Women loving women, women loving women romance book. So yay, it's fun. That's my bad. It's not super spicy, but it's it's fun. I liked it. I like the first one a lot. Awesome. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Um, as always, if you're listening and you read this book, want to share your thoughts with us? By all means, please do. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Shit We Read. Pretty easy. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, it was a blast having you. I really had a lot of fun. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, yeah. Um, hold each other close. It's been a tough few years. Aww. <laughs> so on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. What a touching holiday message. I know. I know. <laughs> um, join us next month for The Shadow in the Glass by J.J.A. Harwood. It's a terrifying new spin on Cinderella and a deliciously gothic story of wishes and curses sent against a Victorian backdrop full of lace and smoke. Um, I think Bella and I chose this book because we've talked about liking fairy tale retellings. And I don't know if we've, other than Malice and Misrule that we did with the author, I don't know if we've ever done one on the show. So fixing that and doing 
Cinderella retelling next month. So that should be a I'm lot of fun. So excited. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, and just piggybacking off of what Amy said, um, I hope everybody had a really good holiday season. Um, if you celebrate whatever you celebrate and have a very happy and safe new year. And I hope you all meet <laughs> your reading goals, whatever they may be. Woo! <laughs> all right, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thanks. See you next year. Bye. Bye Shit We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening.